Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi. As I put this episode together, I realized it was going to be another longer one, but I did not want to split it up into two separate episodes. I know some of you, like my friend Val, have let me know you like them when they're longer, so here you go. Did you know that September 11th is National Grandparents Day? Since I have not done a podcast episode about our parents, who are obviously the grandparents of our child who has died, I thought it might be a good week to take on this topic, especially since I occasionally get emails asking me questions about this. Why do I say take it on? Well, because some of us have very supportive parents, and some have had their parents add to the pain of losing their child. I think it's important for us to realize that grandparents get hit with a double whammy. They have lost their precious grandchild, their legacy. We all have a special place in our hearts for our grandparents, right? And I can assure you as a grandma that the feelings are mutual. Our grandchildren have a very special place in our hearts. When someone loses a grandchild, they lose a piece of their heart. Not only is there the intense pain of the hole in their heart that will never be filled as a grandchild, but they also have the added agony of watching their own child be plunged into an abyss of darkness, and there's really nothing they can do about it. I will confess, until this hit our own family, the heavy loss suffered by the grandparents is something I was unaware of. So I think it is important to take time to talk about their loss, how it affects them, and how that in turn affects us. Now here is one email that I received. This was actually a couple of years ago even. Thank you for your words and encouragement for those who have lost a child. I'm a grandparent who recently lost her 12-year-old grandson in a freak accident. I was close to him, so my grief is immense but I'm finding I'm grieving for my daughter as well. The woman I know and love has been plunged into a dark hole of agony, and I feel helpless to help her. I feel like I'm walking a tightrope between being there to support her and taking time for myself to grieve and recharge. I have trouble dealing with her anger, especially when she lashes out and says unkind things to those who love her. If you have any wise words about how to deal with this, I would very much appreciate it. To answer this question, first of all, she's right. It is a tightrope, and really all we can do is be there to love them and pray for them. I know sometimes we feel like all I can do is pray, and yet that is the first line of defense is to pray. Some of us, we struggle with that because God didn't answer my prayer to protect my child or my grandchild. So what's the use in praying? And yet I have talked about that. You can find episodes on that, blogs I've written. Prayer is still important. God showed me because that was something I struggled with. And so God showed me why prayer is still important. And I'll link to that in the show notes, an episode that talks specifically about why it's important to still pray. But back to this grandparent thing, prayer is still important. And we need to pray for our kids who have lost a child. We need to pray for our parents in the loss of their grandchild. And I know we're in survival mode. And so all we see is our own darkness and we're just trying to survive. 
but it is as much as we can this tightrope of walking this with our parents who have lost a grandchild. Our loss is greater, and yet they've lost a grandchild, and it's almost like they've lost a child because they've lost us as as a person. So it is a hard road to walk on both ends of this. And I think what might help with this also is to hear some responses I had to a question I recently asked in our private Facebook group, which was, how have your parents been with the loss of your child? Are they extremely supportive? Have they tried to help you to get past it in ways that hurt? Do they cry with you and talk about your child with you? Do they have the attitude, we're all hurting, you're not the only one who misses them? You're going to discover here that there is quite a range of answers. Here's one. My parents and my in-laws are both tremendously supportive. I'm closer to my own parents, so most of the support I get comes from them. Especially at the beginning of the journey, I would pick up the phone sobbing and call my mom. Or if my dad heard I was having a hard day, he would call and check in. They both will drop anything and drive the four hours if I need them here. My in-laws live closer to us, but I just don't have the same relationship I have with them as my own parents. But they are amazing. They always check in on us. If I needed anything, all I have to do is ask, and I know they would be here. What a blessing, right? And unfortunately, not all of you have that blessing. Here's one more along this line. She says, my parents are very supportive. I had my daughter when I was 16, so my parents helped me raise her for a couple of years. She was 36 when she died, and she was still very close with her grandparents. I appreciate my parents' love and support and feel so sad for those who don't know how that feels. That, like I said, is a huge blessing, and I'm sure that those grandparents have been able to put their own pain on the back burner for their child who's lost a child and they do their own grieving, they probably grieve together <laughs> because that's part of having support from our parents is grieving with us along with for us and then their own personal grieving. I mean, grandparents really are walking a tight line here. Let me just say that I also know of bereavers whose parents insist that their grief is just as deep as the parents. Maybe they helped raise the child like this last one I just read. And they're being very vocal about it, even to the point of allowing it to drive a wedge between themselves and their child, their own child, who is already in such a dark place of grief. And if that has happened to you, I am so sorry that you have that added burden and pain along with losing your child. Several of you said that your parents were supportive because they had lost a child themselves, and so they knew what it was like. Here's a couple of them. One says, my mom has been very supportive. She lost my brother also, so she understands the depth of the pain of losing a child. Here's another one. She says, my mother passed away one month after my son. My father, who I haven't had the best relationship with over the years, has been one of my biggest supporters. They lost my brother many years ago, so he knows my heartbreak. And there's one more here I want to read. My mother has been extremely supportive. She has lost two of her children, one before I was born. She was under two, and the other was 50, age 50, from breast cancer. It has been five years since I lost my daughter, and she has been my rock and a wonderful example that I can make it through this. I'm sure I am more of the exception 
than the rule. I live four hours from her, and I think she was with me in about five when she found out my daughter had died. I have also heard from some of you over the years that you lost a sibling, so your parents should know what it's like, but they insist that you need to get over it and move on, and that always floors me. I, I'm always stunned by that. And all I can say is that there is a culture or a, a generation where you just did not talk about things like this. You pretended it never happened, and you just kept plowing through life. And I, I, I cannot imagine not being allowed to grieve the death of my child and then passing that hardness on to my own child in their place of grief. And if that is you, let me say again, I am so sorry some of you shared something that could be heartbreaking, but I love how the second mom decided to choose a helpful perspective. This first one says, my mom has dementia. When we lost our daughter, she seemed to understand. She was at her memorial service, but when I mention her or I'm telling a story, I remember my mom will say, oh, that's the dead one, right? I have six children, and that's when I respond, yes, mom, she passed away. Ouch. But it's hard, isn't it, when they have dementia? So this second one has a mom with the same issue here. She says, my mom has dementia. She has been told that my daughter is gone, but she does not retain the discussion. And when she was told, I don't believe she understood the relationship or connection to her because the emotions she displayed did not match the situation. I just figure she will have a nice surprise when my daughter greets her grandmother in heaven. Like I said, I love how she chooses instead of to, and I'm sure it hurts, and I'm sure there are tears, but how she also tells herself instead of wallowing in that and keeping herself held down by it, that she says, I just picture the reunion and how surprised she's going to be in when she sees her there and, and her granddaughter's there to meet her grandma. One mom shared, I lost both my parents before losing my son, so I often think about how it would be. And another mom replied, same with me. All my son's grandparents were gone prior to. I wonder myself what they would say to me. And I, I keep saying I'm sorry, but I am. I am sorry, you know, I, to, ha to not have, to have to wonder about that. It seems like we have enough to wonder about with our kids, what would have happened in the future for them, and then to wonder how our parents would have would have been. But once again, as I'm saying this even, I'm thinking about how being able to picture that reunion, which I'm sure if you're in this place that you have many times with jealousy, right, pictured the reunion of these grandparents with their grandchild. And I also have responses here of those who have not had the needed support from their parents. This one says, my parents want me and my children to move past it. A comment from my dad last month was saying, it's been a year. My oldest son should be fine now. I just know they have no clue what it is like. So I try not to let their comments about it's been a year, so we should all be beyond it, bother me. They just do not understand, and I hope they never have to. And that's true, isn't it? There are parents, right? But I guess some of us just have those personalities that they don't understand devastation. They don't understand that some of this 
in order to move on, we have to get through it. We have to find our way out of the darkness, and that can take years. And they just don't understand that. And they want to fix us. They want us back. They want us to be the child that they raise, that they've come to know and love. And that's just not going to happen, is it? It doesn't mean we'll always be in this darkness, but we're not going to be that same child that they raised and have grown to know and love as an adult. Now, here's someone who has had both support and non-support. She says, we lost two daughters one year ago. My parents have been some of our biggest supporters and are heartbroken themselves, but mostly for us. To openly talk or cry about the girls or for us is welcome and comes easily. My in-laws were emotional early on, however, a few months later, were overwhelmed by our emotion and would flip scripture our way like it was that simple. At several points, my mother-in-law would ask how I was, but would answer for me, oh, I bet you're not doing well, so let's talk about something else. We are not angry with them because we think they mean well, and I know they fervently pray, but they just seem incapable to hold that silent or painful space with us. I do think it's amazing how these parents have been able to extend his parents' grace when it's so fresh for them. And the loss of not one but two daughters and the wisdom in knowing that they are incapable to hold that space with them. We do find ourselves giving the people around us grace, right, for our own grief. I don't know. Is it harder to give it to ourselves or to other people around us? But it's hard to do, isn't it? Then there are those of you who had to work out some issues that were not helpful. This one says, in the early days, my mom, who has always been incredibly supportive throughout my life, kept asking if my daughter's husband had found a new girlfriend yet. When I said no and that I wasn't ready for that, she would say, well, often men who are happy in their marriage very quickly look for someone else to be happy with. I did not want to hear it and eventually stopped visiting my mom for a time. She lives only 10 minutes away. I realized I needed to sort it out and told her how much it hurt me and that I didn't want to think about him with someone new and didn't want to talk about it. She stopped after that. And here's one more. The first year or two after we lost my son was sketchy with my parents. They were very much wrapped up in their own grief, to put it mildly. And I was too angry to be nice or see their side of anything for a solid year. They still have a bit of the, we are all hurting, you aren't the only one who misses him attitude, but we can talk about him now. It's complicated, always has been, always will be. We try to go on vacation together or do something each year on his birthday, and we get along fine these days. Things like parole hearing notifications sometimes get it going again, though. I happen to know that this mom, her son was murdered while in the military by another soldier. It's a really, yeah... Uh, situation that it is, uh, well, all of our situations are difficult, right? She goes on to say, I've never really felt like my parents took the time to support me through the loss of my son. They were around, but in their own grief, and I've come to terms with it in the years since it has happened. I want to read another email to you. Do you have a video or a blog post on the balancing act that involves experiencing one's own grief and spending time in that space, but also balancing it with the need to care for others that are grieving for the same person? It is quite the balancing act. I wonder if the tendency becomes to focus more on the other family members at the cost of walking through one's own pain. 
What I'm really asking about, I am thinking of the mothers and fathers of the perivers, the grandparents. How does one begin to be there for mom and dad? How much must they be going through with a different kind of loss in their own children, not just their grandchildren? When parents retreat into the chasm of grief, their parents are often left on the sidelines to grieve twice, for their beloved grandchildren and for their own children who are going through hell and they can't do anything to ease their suffering. I'm going to say something, and I hope it it isn't harsh. This is just my opinion, and I'm sure there are a lot of opinions out there. But from my almost 11 years of experience and literally hundreds, if not thousands of parents that I have been in communication with over these years with doing Grieving Parent Sharing Hope, GPS Hope, as far as her asking, balancing the need with the care for others that are grieving the same person and focusing more on the other family members at the cost of walking through your own pain. For me, I would say if you are the perever, you have got to take care of yourself first. You cannot be more concerned about how your parents are handling this death than working through your own grief. If you are the grandparent, I understand that your loss is huge, and I understand I haven't been there. Well, I have through pregnancy loss. The grief of a parent and watching your child go through what they're going through is horrible. And we're going to hear from my parents in just a minute. But as a grandparent, there are many times where you need to be there to support your child and put your grief on the back burner. They need you. They need support. They need someone to just be there when they cry. They need someone to talk about their child with them, cry together, and have some of these conversations. Look at pictures together. Go to the cemetery together if that's what they need. Do it together. And then also take some time on your own to grieve the death of your grandchild and to grieve the, the loss of your child and seeing what they're going through. My husband Dave and I, we were blessed to have all four of our parents still here on this earth when our daughter Becca died. Now, three summers ago, Dave's dad unexpectedly left us to go be with Jesus and Becca and others. And the following summer, my dad went, and six weeks later, Dave's mom left us. And that was also the summer of a pregnancy loss of losing a grandchild. So we had a rough full year, 16 months or so, 14 months in there, with losing three out of four of our parents and a grandchild with a pregnancy loss. So we now just have my mom, who is extremely supportive, not only in my grief, but she has done a lot for our ministry, GPS Hope. Becca died late in the evening, and the next morning, her husband and Dave and I went to the funeral home. And when I got back to the house, my mom was there, and I remember just falling into her arms in the kitchen and just wailing and sobbing. It has been interesting to watch our parents through the process of the loss of our daughter, and I specifically talked to each one of them about it. I sat down and I recorded and wrote down their thoughts on this, and I want to share just a few of the things that they shared with me about their granddaughter's passing. Before I do, I want to let you know that each one of them does have a strong relationship with God which I am sure has made a huge difference. I'll start sharing from my mom. She says, I vividly recall the day I was hanging clothes in the backyard after we received the cancer diagnosis. 
How do you tell a three-year-old you are going to cut off her leg? I just couldn't wrap my mind around that. I was praying and telling God that I knew he could heal Rebecca, regardless of what the doctor said and no matter how bad the situation looked. As I prayed fervently for her healing, he spoke back to me in my heart and said, what if I don't? My reply was, then I'm going to cling to you and you will give us the strength to get through this. That became the theme, especially during the last 10 years of her life as she went through various struggles and crises. Whenever the phone rang, my immediate thought was whether this was going to be another notice that Becca was in difficulty again. We were blessed to have her long enough to see her grow into adulthood. There is now comfort in the knowledge that she is running and jumping and twirling around with joy in heaven, things she could not recall doing here on earth, but it does not really lessen the feeling of loss that her absence leaves. There is an empty spot at every family gathering. Her joy, enthusiasm, love of family, and playing games together is deeply missed. Her uniqueness in so many ways leaves a hole that can't be filled. Through all the things our family went through over the years, it was so hard to see my dearly loved first grandchild struggle time after time after time. But in some ways, it was even more difficult to watch my own daughter deal with crisis after crisis with Rebecca. The worst was to stand by and see my precious daughter's deep grief at the loss of her precious daughter as she has tried to learn how to cope and adjust to that reality. I'm surprised I read all that without crying. <laughs> Here is what some of my dad, who was a pastor for many years, shared with me when I asked him about being a grandparent who has lost a grandchild. He said, We do not know when those hands on the clock of life are going to stop. I hope because of my age and experiences that I have had with death that somehow it will make it easier for younger people to understand that. At my age, I have experienced a lot with death. In my family, I'm the last one left. My dad died many years ago. My mother died back in 1990. I had a brother who died when he was 43 years old. I had two sisters who both passed away when they were in their 80s. I'm the last one left. When you get older, you start looking at a lot of things in a different way. When you are young, say a teenager or a young person in their 20s, they are looking forward to what might come. But when you get old and feeble as I am today, you look backwards to your life, where you came from and the things that you've done, because the next thing I have to look forward to is meeting Jesus. A mom and dad don't expect to see one of their children die before they do, or a grandchild to die before the grandparents do. But my oldest granddaughter died. Death can be bittersweet because we always hate to lose the ones we love. It's especially hard on the mother of a child. It's hard on all of us. But for me, I try to look past the death and see where she is today. When you get to be older, you get to do a lot of thinking that you don't do when you are young, even in your 40s and in your 50s. When you start to get up to 65 and in your 70s, you start looking backwards. You start realizing you are almost by yourself. I have my two daughters yet, and I have my grandchildren, but I've lost all my other family and most of my friends. Death is one thing all of us are going to face. Each one of us is going to die, and we know there is nothing we can do about it. It is actually a part of living. So we can be thankful when a loved one goes to be with the Lord. No more being in pain. Rebecca doesn't have to worry about going to the hospitals anymore. She doesn't have anything to worry about because she's with the Lord. One of these days, and it might not be too long, I'm going to see her again. 
and I'm going to be able to walk around heaven with her and with my other loved ones and friends I haven't seen for many years who have gone there. I'm going to see them again, and that will be a blessing. I will say that when Becca died, my dad really struggled with it. He would tear up, talking about how he had lived a long, full life and how he was so ready to leave, and he could not understand why Becca went before he did. His health started deteriorating at a much quicker rate with his Parkinson's, which was hard to watch as he continued here for another eight years. Dave's parents were such wonderfully rare in-laws that I was blessed with. He was a pastor. Well, he spent most of his life being a butcher, but then he became an ordained pastor. And then in their 50s, his parents spent some time as missionaries living in Poland and also in Australia. They accepted me and loved me like a true daughter, and I miss them a lot. As a matter of fact, I actually shed a few tears when I was writing some of this, preparing for the episode, thinking about them. When I ask them if it has been difficult watching Dave and me with our struggles, my mom, Dave's mom, I do call them mom and dad, Bonnie said, it's hard watching you and Dave and her brothers and sister. It's hard watching them struggle with it, and they still do today. It's hard. We just pray and help them through it. She also talked about how blessed she has been watching us continually taking everything to God, starting with Dave and I going to the hospital chapel to pray when we were struggling with them wanting to take Becca's leg off when she was three. Dave's dad talked about how seeing your children struggle causes you to struggle and how it greatly increased his prayer life. I specifically asked them if they had a hard time understanding the depth of my struggle with Becca's death. And Dave's mom said, I can't say I've had a hard time. I understand it. I've never lost a child, so I can't really balance it one way or another. I've always thought we all have different ways of dealing with our grief, so I try not to judge anyone the way they are going through it. If they are celebrating, glory to them. If they're in the bedroom crying, glory to them. We all have our own ways of handling situations. I think death is something, as we grow older, we become more compatible with it than when we're young. When I was real young, I never really thought about it. I kind of had the thought I was going to live forever. When you get older, you look at it a little differently. The last thing that I said to Dave's dad before they took him in for emergency heart surgery before he passed was that we were praying that he made it through. But if he didn't, to make sure he gave Becca a big hug and tell her how much we love and miss her. He said he would, and I believe he did. He was the first grandparent she got to have join her, and I'm sure it was quite the happy reunion. I will wrap this up by sharing a final thought from Dave's mom. She said, what's that song we used to sing? When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. We'll get to see all the loved ones we've lost, and we'll get to see all of those we read about in the Bible. I just turned 81. To me, it will be the most exciting day of my life. I know we miss our children and our grandchildren beyond what we can put into words. Their death was the worst day of our lives, but for our children, I do believe it was the best and most exciting day of their lives. Just like Becca's grandma said, it will be for us as well. 
do you need an occasional reminder that there is hope, that it won't always be this dark and your life will not always be so full of this much pain? Did you know you can get yourself a shirt with this reminder? We have short and long sleeve tees, a moisture wicking tee, and as we head into colder weather, you may be interested in our sweatshirts and pullover and zipper hoodies. Let me just say I love my zipper hoodie. They come in various colors and sizes, and they have the word HOPE, H-O-P-E, in big letters, and underneath that it does say HOLD ON PAIN EASES, which is my acronym for HOPE, H-O-P-E, HOLD ON PAIN EASES. I don't say it ends, but it does ease. You can also get that saying on a mug if you want to remind yourself drinking your coffee or your hot tea. Just go to the store tab on our website, gpshope.org, to check it out. I will also put a link in the show notes you can click on to take you there. Let's go ahead and go to our birthday segment for this week. Tony was born on September 4th, and she left us at age 24. David Hector Toledo was born on September 5th and left us at age 41. Francesca Ann C. Agravanti was born on September 6th and left us at age 8. Alicia DeFranco was born on September 6th and left us at age 24. Brady Keith Herbert was born on September 7th and left us at age 30. Jacob Sorori was born on September 8th and left us at age 32. Emma Ho was born on September 9th and left us at age 10. Kelly Diane Kirby was born on September 10th and left us at age 31. We celebrate the day each one of these children came into the world. They were a blessing to these families and we just acknowledge this special day. If you would like to have your son or daughter's birthday announced on our podcast, I would be honored to do that. Go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. I will have a link to that in the show notes. Just fill that out. Just gives us the information we need. Hit submit. And there's also a place in there for pronunciation if your child has a name that sometimes gets slaughtered because I want to say it correctly. We don't share your email list with anyone. It's safe with us. And I will announce your child's birthday the week of his or her birthday. I am going to close this out by sharing one last thing from my mom. I think it is something we can all take to heart, whether you are a grandparent listening to this or a perever who has tons of people around there who are there for you or a perever who feels like you have no one, including being hurt by your own parents for not being there for you. She says, how did I deal with all of this? I cried and I prayed a lot, clinging to the only one who can really bring any comfort at a time like this. I'm thankful for the one who can express my heart to the Father when I don't really even know how to pray, per Romans 8:26. As the years go by, I see more and more glimpses of beauty coming from the ashes, gladness instead of mourning, and praise instead of the spirit of despair, to paraphrase Isaiah 61:3. Life will never be the same, and there will always be sad moments, but life, for the most part, can become joyful and happy again, and that is the way Becca would want it. I love that. 
And if you really think about it and are honest with yourself, I believe your child would want that as well. For the grandparents listening, and to my mom, Mary Davis, who has 10 grandchildren now, including Becca, and six great-grandchildren, happy Grandparents' Day. For the Perivers, as always, remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is.